0: Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. Thanks for stopping by for another episode of Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement, I'm JC Gruber and I want to thank those of you who are listening uh, on your favorite podcast device, whether it's your smartphone or online, and uh, thanks to those who are stopping by our YouTube channel to watch us here today. Uh, we have a really interesting guest today. a Really, really important topic we're going to talk about as far as security here in Appalachia for uh, for folks that have online banking or small businesses. Before we jump into that though, um, we have a new uh, uh, effort that we're doing here through the foundation and we've updated our website uh, supportappalachia.org for what's called Operation Helping Hand. Uh, for those who follow the podcast, you may remember back in December, uh, we talked with Mary Beth Adkins from the local crisis family crisis center. We learned a whole lot about the problems with the uh, homelessness here in central Appalachia and it really struck me it just blew my mind how bad the issue was and just how little we see it so I contacted the family crisis center and a couple of local churches and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a donation drive to help the homeless here in in the in southwestern Virginia and uh, we're going to be bringing those donations down to the family crisis center so what they're looking for, basically, is we're going to be uh, taking clothing donations uh, for you know, males, females, uh, unfortunately, children. That was a request that we would have um, that they needed more children's again clothing for teens, um, also uh, you know undergarments. Um, make sure you know obviously some of those we want is new and clean, like socks and things like that. Um, and probably other uh, things that uh, we wanted to be able to provide to them, like shaving, uh, shaving cream, razors, soaps, things like that.' that just general uh, things that are needed every day by folks. Um, but uh, so we are taking donations for clothing. And if you'd want to make a donation, uh, want to maybe go through your closet, find a few things, maybe some, some uh, clothes that your children don't fit into anymore and you want to donate, uh, email me at JC at supportappalachia.org. In the memo field, just put clothing donation, and uh, I'll get back with you. We're going to be taking these donations for a little while, then delivering them to the uh, main center down in Norton, Virginia, uh, and uh, Mary Beth and her team, which are, they're doing great work. will distribute that those donations um, throughout all the communities that they serve here, and it's a very wide range. But today we're going to talk a little bit, uh, and this is a daunting topic. We have Joe Boyd. Uh, from InfoSec Check here to talk to us about cybersecurity, protecting your own personal identity. Uh, There's so many things that are going on uh, in this world, Joe. um, Appreciate you coming on here to talk about this kind of a touchy subject. But since the pandemic happened, uh, Joe, a lot of people started working from home. And I read online that since 2019, uh, cybersecurity threats Um, viruses on people's computers and uh, malware and identity theft has been up tremendously since 2019, right before the pandemic hit. So those years have just been been brutal. Joe, there's a whole lot to this topic. Kind of jump us in from the very beginning. What's, What's the difference between a virus and malware and virus protection, malware protection? What's important for us to know?
1: Well, you, you know, as you said, it's a big topic. It's a big playing field. So it's finding a point to where where do you start when you got an elephant to eat? You, you don't start at the toenail, right? <laughs> so, you know, um, you, virus and malware um, typically have been around for a very long time. Back before I was young and such of the things, uh, a virus uh, Worm propagated, but basically a virus is just a sickness, it's a bad, co- bad cold when it comes to a computer and uh, it, it comes from installing on your computer. Uh, you can get it through a program. Um, it installing software from unknown trusted sources, uh, clicking a link leading to a bad website that tries to run a program. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, that's pretty much what, uh, it, it all falls under the umbrella of malware, which malware has a few more topics. Malware just means anything bad. Uh, and that can come through email, email attachments, websites. Um, whereas a virus is a smaller subset. It's 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 a malicious program in itself.
0: Yeah. Joe, one of the things that really uh, has alerted me here lately, and not just, well, over the last year or so, is how many emails I get with links in there that I know are just either phishing or I know it's a bad link. I might get something from a dummy Amazon account or a Verizon account or something like that. Um, And not only am I getting emails like that with links in them, I'm also getting things on my phone, Uh, Mm -hmm. text messages to click on something. And, and, you know, you don't know the risk or security risk with that or what, what kind of information you're giving up or you're losing your, computer or your phone or all your data and it it makes me nervous when i have to when i do a bulk email out to supporters of the foundation to let them know about maybe a new podcast that's up or something like that that i put a link to the Podbean website in there it makes me nervous to put that not because it's not a it's a good site but what are other people thinking when they see a link in their email too you
1: know
0: um how what is uh have there been any kind of I guess uh, any anything recent that's that stuck out. I mean, regionally here, as far as breaches of of security with companies, or
1: well, it, it goes on every day. Um, uh, to to tell you, yes, there 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 are some notable um, breaches that are in progress right now that affects everyone, uh, but not an incident that just happened today or or yesterday or last week, cybersecurity is an ongoing thing. You have computers, you have cell phone, you have connected devices. (coughs) You you can have a doorbell uh, camera at your door. All of these things are vectors that have to be protected. So yes, but, but back to what we're saying, yes, there are some notable events that have taken place here lately. And there are actions that people need to start understanding and try to learn in fact this this whole topic about you know what can i do well first thing don't panic and it's hard to take that as a good answer don't panic uh the second one that i usually tell people is and unfortunately they say it to me all the time i'm computer illiterate and i'm like if i was a bad guy i would be the worst person in the world for you to say that to so social media If you've been out there on Facebook and you see all these things where people are playing these quizzes and things like that, and they're giving up personal information, you know, I'm the the grandson or granddaughter of this person, and you're giving out three or four generations of your family names. Those things are significant when it comes to your accounts, because usually you'll have a, a, it's still in existence today, even though it is coming to an end where you have those reset questions. You know, eventually we'll migrate away from those things. The current trends in cybersecurity says we're going away from passwords. They, whoever says we're going away from passwords just don't know the population willingness to learn the latest and greatest things. So it'll be years before we're going away from passwords.
0: Um, Will it be going to something like facial recognition or thumbprint ID, something like that? Um,
1: There's a lot of, talk around, so facial recognition and passwords, thumbprints, and things like that are already in existence. There's, in fact, um, I'm a, a candidate for a doctorate, and I've had to write several papers on all the different factors of authentication, and, you know, those various things have already been in existence, and we're just going away from those that are not working so well. Facial recognition being a problem with who has a picture of my face now, so you got a lot of legal issues about those things. And you know, I don't know, you've noticed a time or two uh, as we've talked. I've picked up a beard and I'm getting a little bit older, got a few extra wrinkles. Those things depends on which kind of camera and facial recognition. There's there's a variety of quality of equipment, Um, so a lot of implications around what the future holds um so passwordless technology is out there today um it's still kind of new it'll send you an email well what happens if your email gets compromised
0: so yeah that's that that happens to a lot of people i don't know how many emails i've gotten uh over the last you know handful of years like hey don't email me at this address anymore it's been hacked if you get anything from it it's not me don't click on anything and that happens almost daily on facebook or uh, people's accounts get hacked on Facebook, and or the, a new account will get opened up with somebody's picture, and it's not them. They're going around friending everybody, okay. and I always wondered, well, if you're not, what's the point of that? You know, and I always wondered, what's the point of stealing someone's ID on social media? Because it's just social media. It's annoying, but there's there are darker corners of the web, and um, I guess some people they use maybe the uh the store on uh Facebook where they shop on uh, um, certain things on there buy on certain things yeah so whatever Facebook has I guess can anybody can tap into right even if you have a credit card on there
1: sometimes that is the case, but generally what you have with the i've been hacked on facebook um, those may be um what I call drone storm troopers, you know they're out there at us actually. Scouting for information and who they can get from, and, and they're using somebody's trust based upon their friends list. So, number one, go in into your security settings and fix it so somebody can't look at your friends list. Um, you know, turn that off. Uh, it may be nice, but you know, there's certain things there should be a, a certain level of, you know, we don't make this readily public. Somebody actually cloned me one time and the very first person that they messaged uh they 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 were able to message someone um from one of my group affiliations they came in from a another classmate actually and they were able to see me they cloned me they sent a message to another classmate who immediately recognized this is not (laughs) Joe." so yeah it was just the way they asked the question you know comes out the door yeah you know have you seen the latest grant Oh, my goodness. Really?
0: People? (laughs) Yeah. Joe, something happened to me one time. I want to mention this because it can happen to anybody. Uh, I have a friend, a good friend, who's actually had her identity stolen twice. Um, And that has been just and she she doesn't do anything online anymore. Um, And I don't blame her. But um, one thing that happened to me one time is I, I got a text message from Verizon. This was maybe five years ago, four years ago. Got a text message from Verizon thanking me for my purchase of my new of a new phone. And it was a very expensive phone and some other things that were bought through Verizon. And then my next uh, email or text message was verifying that I did my change of address.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, scary. So immediately I log and I see that a 700 some dollars worth had been bought on my dime. And was shipped to a place in Miami. <laughs> okay, so I caught it right as it happened. So I immediately called Verizon, and they stopped this. And then I have to go back in and change my password. But folks, um, I, I can't stress how nervous I got at that point, Joe, and just what a slap in the face it was to realize at that point, hey, you know what? These passwords that we have, they do matter. Don't pick something easy. Secret one, one, one is not a good password, <laughs> you know? And I like, I deleted that from everything at that point. And uh, so now my passwords, Joe, and this is from a previous conversation with you. I went back and I changed every password I have to really weird things that make no sense. Yeah. You know, I'm not using a pet's name. I'm not using my favorite sports Nothing. No, nothing, you know? So um, how, how important is a password? what is that the easiest way people get into hacking into your business or your, your personal life or your bank?
1: Um, actually, it is one of the easiest attack vectors. Uh, and attack vector is just being they're standing from here and they can attack you from there. Um, you're, you're speaking about passwords. One of the number one most breached passwords. And I, I, I wish I had my statistics because this is part of research. You're supposed to be able to show you work. But seriously, the number one hacked password is like password one two three. Just something totally off the wall. And then password one two being number two, uh, password one, two three four. I mean there's a long list. you can honestly you can Google the most common breach passwords. you'll get a laugh out of it. People are just doing, You know, across the top of the keyboard, QWERTY1 or something like that. They're just, you know, the keyboard, Q-W-E-R-T-Y is just laid across the top of the keyboard. Those are still the most common passwords. And then you get into the pets' names and things like that. Uh, Dictionary, uh, simple words, we call them dictionary, uh, use of dictionary attack, where just common words and, and simple number letters and all that are used. So the importance of picking a good password, some of the latest trends is to actually pick a phrase that's important or significant to you. And I'm I'm not going to make up a very good one here when I say this, but let's say Mary had a little chicken, something that you can kind of combination put together yourself that has some significance to you. Um, And, you know, Put a symbol or a capital in there, um, but fix it so it's important to you. And, you know, in some way, there's there's a lot of research around making passwords too complicated is what makes people finally get frustrated and say, oh, the heck with it. I'm just going to do this and just take my chances. So. um, It's. Sort of like going to the gym. You got to get in the process of a habit and a routine and actually work with it. You know, uh, I try to relate this to a bicycle. You, you just didn't get on the bicycle and start riding the first day. Okay. You got to practice.
0: And that makes sense, Joe, because whether you own a small business around here and you want to protect that business and your identity, uh, or if you're just somebody like me that'll log in and check your bank account or pay bills online, th- this is pretty vital because. I'm not going to mention the name of the business, but there was a, a bank here in the region that got had a major breach recently. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And uh, a lot of information. So it can happen to anybody. If it can happen to you, and then it can happen to a bank that probably spends a fair amount of money and time, I would imagine, on cybersecurity, uh, it, it can it can happen to just yeah. about anybody.
1: The, the sad thing is, you can spend a million dollars protecting, but it only takes a ten cent attack to get through. Yeah. So that you, you have the weakest link in the process and something that you may not be looking for. And uh, not even speaking locally, but I have had my identities stolen on several occasions um, that came from prior incidents um, that are very common in, in the news. Uh, half of the United States suffered from one of the major credit bureaus. Uh, yeah equal thanks was it yes the names uh, the, a lot of things got published and released yeah. and you know so where do we go from here when half of the country has had their information published out there? you know what people don't understand is you probably give out more information on facebook uh, and and not even thinking and to be concerned with you know, I see these things on Facebook all the time. Look, quit giving out that very strategic information that you're, you you feel is harmless. Like, what's your favorite food? I saw four people this morning and say, I do not eat this. Well, you just told me 15 other things that
0: you do eat. You know, one thing I notice that uh, people will have their phones attached to their Facebook accounts. so when they go into a local business, I will know if somebody, if you know where they live, and I know somebody was terrible doing this. I knew where they lived. Like, so if you knew where that person lived at, and you knew they were at some restaurant over in say Bristol, Tennessee, and you knew how long the you know, if it takes a couple hours, you're gonna be there because it was a little nicer, you know, upscale place or somewhere in Johnson City, you know it's gonna take them at least 45 minutes to get back home. If they're gone in the evening, that I mean that's a perfect time to watch somebody go rob their house. Um, so I mean Absolutely. it's Checking Um, in somewhere
1: is not a good thing sometimes, you know, you you just don't want to let, you know, unless you got security systems going on at home, you know, and and that's another attack vector, you know, everybody's got a doorbell camera, well, excuse me, not everybody has a doorbell camera, but, you know, it's a pretty popular thing right now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's growing
1: popular. Big, big issue about those things is making a complicated password or having security layers on your doorbell camera. Uh, baby monitor cameras people using default passwords no that's got to be fixed you need to have strong passwords and
0: you know so this is stuff. this is a topic like for literally for anyone listening to this show or watching on YouTube that they need to, to pay attention to um, I've noticed like since the pandemic a lot of people work from home and that's when I think we've seen a lot of uh not just identity theft, but like malware attacks and things like that going to people's personal computers because they were working from home, and if they could tap into the corporate computer that way, I wanted. It, it's very scary, but I wanted to ask. So, with your company, uh, InfoSec Check, um, and that's and people can find that online. Uh, you, have a, you have a great website here. How do you? Where do you fit in? And how do you help people, small businesses, for example, or organizations like ours here at the foundation? Um, bolster their defenses to make sure that one, client customer data don't get out there. And two, um, you know, that, that they're not attacked personally and lose access to their own equipment machines, you know, their own, their own phones. So
1: one of the things that I have started to do, and I'm I'm in some academic research, so, you know, my, my work, I'm trying to figure out how to maximize it. So people, I can help more people if I can. Small businesses tend to get left out in the major corporate security world because um, I've worked with some of the larger companies and, you know, they're looking for people that have budgets to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on security. So what happens with you or I, you know, that may have, you know, $30 for a budget or $50 for a budget? Yeah, Walmart
0: Walmart can afford this, but, you know, people who own a local family restaurant, they can't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I've, I've been in the tel, uh, IT telecom world for a long time, and uh, I was actually trying to help a, a, a client or a customer client uh, go through some PCI credit card compliance. Um, they move a, a rather large sum of money, you, you know, with credit card transactions. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit bigger on the, the compliance scale for all these different things. If you process credit cards, you are responsible for some level of security on your information. PCI DSS, which means Payment Card Industry Data Security Standards, that's a self-regulating industry. If you take credit cards, you have agreed to pay the fines and penalties if you lose somebody's information by accepting credit cards. So they call it PCI compliance. So what can the small business do? You really first thing you got to do is, you know, you first and foremost, what InfoSec Check does is some level of awareness and training program. So I'm rolling out podcasts. Of course, they are subscription and donation when it comes to compliance. You know, I can't, you know, run continuous content because this stuff does cost me money to produce. But I am working toward. What can the small business owner do? And, and trying to come up with, I guess, so to speak, a gym membership, you know, $10 or $20 of useful information, you know, whether it's on a monthly basis or something like that. I call it the uh, extermination plan. You know, you call the exterminator in, it might cost you $30, $40 a month or something like that. You, you might need a quarterly plan, you know, ultimately you're going to have to get out of the mindset. I don't need to spend on security and I've got antivirus and that's enough. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What you really have to do is understand I'm not attacking your antivirus. I'm attacking you if I'm a bad guy and I'm going to figure out how to defeat you or defeat your systems of around things, which, you know, may not necessarily be that antivirus software, um, and definitely looking at you know the larger corporates that say they have a firewall and they're good, I'm not gonna take on the firewall. I'm gonna breach your insider, your employees or something like that, get them to click on something, send them a fish, send them a, a smish or a voicemail, get them to go to a website. And I've gotten around the, the high dollar security items that they may have. So really it comes down to behaviors. You know, What's your password hygiene? You know, perhaps we need to have a small training class on how to develop a good password. What's the latest trends for passwords or authentication, which passwords are for authentication? Um, What's the latest in programs to use? Um, One program I use is called LastPass. There's there's a free version of it out there. I, I actually pay for this version. And... Uh, I can affiliate link them and which, you know, in support of the foundation, I'll I'll help you with that link. And we can actually set up some password management software uh, where people could sign up on and get the free plans. And if if they wanted to integrate that in, uh, what I found uh, by just telling people, hey, try out this software. Uh, They go pay for it and they get frustrated because they don't use it. Well, do you have an IT training person to help you learn how to implement it? So that's what I'm trying to bring out on InfoSec Check. I'm going to check to see if you're doing the process because it's not like a Band-Aid that you can put on it and forget about it. Somebody's got to check it. Somebody's got to understand security, the process and the frameworks.
0: So the, the what, all the protection that, you know, all these companies on Wall Street may have, you're here local trying to bring the same thing down to main street uh to mom and pop and individuals that that have a vested interest in protecting their identity security equipment um now, uh, so um if so it's, so it's affordable too right so that's that's a thing it's um you know because you could have like you said quarterly or monthly these types of you know checks sure. with people sure. if somebody wanted to give you a call how do they get in touch with you
1: um, I probably got a dozen phone numbers. Anybody can get a hold of me. At. So my okay. primary number is simply 855-624-6262. I've had that number for many years. That one's simply my, my corporate name's main board. Uh, and that means 855 main
0: board. Okay. So, so um, now infoseccheck.com. And, and I'll, let is, me spell that for people. It's I N F O S E C. Check dot com. I guess yeah. that's short for information and security. Information, yeah, yeah.
1: That's a military term actually. And somebody, uh, actually, a marketing consultant told me said, nah, I don't know what infosec is. You know, you need to put the word cybersecurity up there." And I said, "Most people can't spell cybersecurity." You know?
0: <laughs> but um, so you have you have an eight 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 number up on there, and there's a, there's a way to contact through the website too. Yeah. Um, and,
1: and just give you a hint there, that eight 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 number, it, you know. In the world of UCAS, which is unified communications as a service, um, I work with a lot of telephone companies and things like that. that that's one of my hosted uh, UCAS providers that is very um, conscientious about HIPAA compliance. So um, uh, without naming that particular company or if I should, but you know, I, I help people get set up on a UCAS provider, Unified Communications as a Service. So, what I do in a sense of marketing, when I want someone to know that they're coming to me from InfoSec Check, I've got a designated phone number, and you know, it's really a very nominal charge to have another number and, and you know, per minute plan. Yeah. So those are good things to take into consideration. I have a domain out there called always think security, but Hey, don't forget marketing. You know, if you're in business, you're out there to get business, right? You don't want people to think you're so scared of business that, you know, you're, you're shut down and locked up, you know, like even saying your name out in public, as far as this, I don't want people to know my company name. Well, Hey, you can search the web and find me. So, so
0: so local folks can, and local business owners that can, can take advantage of your services because you're local right here. You're in Hayside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're over in uh, Dickinson County yes, uh, here in southwestern Virginia. So, yeah, it's if you're going to use these services, you might as well go to someone local that's had a long background and experience in it. so, uh, so always we really, need to
1: have somebody to put on the running shoes that you can go running with together, you know, or go to the gym together or something like that sometimes. It's got to be on the professional level of understanding, hey, I'm going to be telling you to push on the bar that's a little bit heavier than you want to lift when I say, hey, you got to have a cybersecurity budget. You know, um, I, I want to quickly go back to the one thing you said, all the incidents arose and how cybersecurity breaches have gone up since 2019. And that's because people went into their home and worked and the corporate security environment didn't go with them. So, you had this massive, massive, massive companies letting people take laptops home. They didn't have a plan or a strategy for letting people get into the corporate networks, take the email outside the protected network, and that's what you had happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people that uh, even in my uh, you know my nine to five in the investment advisor business that uh, went home to work and uh, from major corporations. And they just use the, the equipment they have at home or then they may have bought them a new computer and sent them there and they probably have some protections on it, but you're right. It's, it's, yeah. it's all what you do there and uh, click it on the wrong thing can make a
1: home router from uh, you know, Best Buy Walmart or something like that for your home internet connection is simply just not enough. It's, it's enough to get you on the internet, but it doesn't have, uh, and you know, talking about, you know, equipment there, Uh, one of the first questions I ask anybody when they have compliance on the line is, you know, do you have a firewall? And I I relate a firewall to the TSA agent at the airport. I try to do that. Yeah. Um, Somebody has to inspect the packets and check the luggage. Somebody has to inspect the passengers. So, you know, you get into a lot of different things with this real expensive equipment when you get into firewalls. Um, But when you have the typical, you know, basic router, I mean, you can turn on uh, what they call stateful packet inspection. Uh, and that's technical jargon, blah, blah. But, um, you know, it's just looking for crazy things that's out of bounds. It's not really opening up a suitcase or doing a proper pat-down. So, you know, without putting all the you know, details and scaring people off of the technical terms. <laughs>
0: Well, Joe, I appreciate you bringing a lot of this to light. Um, and uh, you, hopefully, if you're listening out there, if you need any kind of even just a consultation, uh, make sure you touch base with Joe Boyd. Um, is there anything uh, before we wrap up today that uh, that you need that we need to point out to people? That's sure that they should know?
1: I, I, I made some quick notes, and this is stuff that I've experienced today already that really involves cybersecurity. And this is habits to rethink. Number one, you need to understand public Wi-Fi is not free if there's a hacker out there. So don't just go jump on public Wi-Fi. There's a little bit more advanced studies to getting on public Wi-Fi that you need to do, because you could be jumping into the pit of despair. (laughs) This is the best way I know to say it. we, we may have our phone set to auto connect and things like that. In fact, I did too, a time or two. When I look down and I see my phones on Wi-Fi, I go, wait a minute. How did that happen? I thought I had protections in place. And usually it's some kind of an update or something like that. So public Wi-Fis need to be rethought very critically. Um, second thing for people to do, don't ever loan your phone to somebody. Okay, don't do it stop no not only is it bad hygiene around covid time just you know they can easily type in a few things and boom they've got a lot of information about you yeah so and uh you know be cautious at computer kiosks as well if you don't know how to clean cookies and erase browser history like if you go to a hotel to check your airport status check your email or something like that i just say no look if you don't know how to properly clean up and empty the caches don't do it
0: yeah, one thing that I've, I've made sure of where I've traveled good bit to Frankfurt, uh, where my office is and back, and I'll stay in hotels, I do not use the hotel Wi-Fi. Um, I make sure I have enough space on my system to, you know, sporadically use the Internet as I need to. I don't jump on any kind of uh, hotel Wi-Fi. And I think a lot of people do that. As soon as they get logged in or as soon as they get checked in, they open their laptop, plug it up to the desk, and boom, off they go.
1: Well, I... To, to offer, not to be contradictory there, I, I will use certain Wi-Fis. I just make sure, you know, that I'm on the right one. But I have connectivity software. Basically, you know, everybody needs to look into a VPN type software. Now, there's a lot of misconception around VPN, virtual private network. And that this, this is something I explain on my podcast. So, You know, there are cases where public Wi-Fi can be, you just need to know how to use it. It's sort of like, and I'll relate this one over, you know, I said the bicycle, you know, don't jump on a motorcycle if you've never ridden a motorcycle before. So that I won't put that public Wi-Fi is over in that category. Yes, it can be good. Number one, you need to make sure it's safe. It doesn't have flat tires and the wheels aren't bent. (laughs) So let me back up. Don't fear from it, but until you understand it, you know, You got to be, you got to approach it. You got to use it.
0: Okay. Yeah. After the uh, Verizon incident, I approach everything like that with fear.
1: (laughs) Indeed, that's true. When you see anything funny on those Wi-Fi hotspots, you know, just look, it's not going to hurt you. Just say, no, it's not that important. It can wait. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, Joe, this is all good information. Um, Again, it's infoseccheck.com. Uh, make sure you, you you touch base with uh Joe. Go check out the website. And um, you know, if you have any questions, uh you they can uh, email you through the website. Uh they have the phone number right there as well. So uh yeah, hopefully uh Joe, people will take this uh, this issue a lot more seriously because yeah. when we hear it happens at a local bank that's pretty good size and compromises client accounts, it's it's kind of a scary thing. Yeah, it dream. can ha- you know, something terrible can happen to all of us at that point. So. Yes, sir. And yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate it, Joe. We'll have you back sometime. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Appalachian Shine. Uh, make sure you jump on the website, supportappalachia.org, and follow us there. You can follow us on Facebook and uh, the podcast, if you can listen to it on your smartphone, at any of your favorite uh, podcasting sites, um, and we're online at podbeat.com as well. So thanks, everyone, and we will see you down the road.